This is City Journal Midday News for Triple R with Emil Pavlich. And Matthews. And Natasia Relios. Victoria has recorded 423 new COVID-19 cases in the past 24 hours. Only 149 of those have been linked to known outbreaks. Sadly, two more Victorians have died. New South Wales has 1,259 new cases of the virus. 80% of the population aged over 16 has now received the first dose of the vaccine. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian says it's an incredible milestone and a huge tribute to everyone in the community. And Queensland has recorded no new community cases of COVID. Racing Victoria is the first sporting organisation in Australia to make COVID-19 vaccinations compulsory. All trainers, jockeys, race day officials and stable staff will be required to have at least one vaccination dose ahead of the Caulfield Cup in October. Victorian Jockeys Association CEO Matthew Highland says it's a positive step forward. The announcement is that it will minimise the potential transmission and impact of COVID. The overwhelming response from our group was that they were supportive of Racing Victoria's announcement, but uh, of course there's always going to be a small portion of people that that, uh, may not be supportive of that announcement. The Federal Opposition's Multicultural Affairs spokesperson, Andrew Giles, has referred a series of anti-Semitic incidents in Melbourne's north to the Federal Police. It comes as a tax on the rise following public health order breaches by members of the ultra-Orthodox community to mark the Jewish New Year. Neo-Nazi groups have stepped up their abuse with reports of threatening phone calls to synagogues, graffiti and offensive social media posts. Andrew Giles has described the anti-Semitic graffiti in his local constituency as frightening. It's something that I've referred to the Australian Federal Police. It's also something I'm taking up with a parliamentary inquiry into right-wing extremism, which we also know is on the rise in Australia and which ADO has been warning is a real threat to Australians. A Victorian parliamentary inquiry into the impacts of social media on elections has recommended Facebook and other operators be required to identify users in a bid to prevent online abuse and misinformation. The report made 33 recommendations, including the need for government-funded independent fact-checking during election periods. Greens MP for Brunswick, Dr Tim Reid, says it was a difficult decision to recommend ending anonymity for social media users. I can see that cutting both ways as well because it might discourage people from speaking out who are at risk of victimisation. It was a difficult call to make, but I think that it was the right decision, uh, particularly when we're talking about trolls and people making political attacks online. The Insurance Council warns border restrictions may hamper any response to bushfires and other natural disasters this summer. Claim assessors and tradespeople responding to catastrophic events are currently restricted by limits on movements due to the pandemic. Maury Suleiman from Insurance Claims Assist Australia says delays are expected if assessors cannot physically inspect damage. They can't be everywhere at once, unfortunately, and that's just the nature of the breach. The insurance industry does the best it can to, to, to try and uh, um, accommodate the, the client's needs, but when you have those disasters as such, it has to look within, to the best of its ability, within those constraints. More than 600 people of faith from around Australia have written letters urging Prime Minister Scott Morrison to do more on climate change. The letters, collected and sent by the Australian Religious Response to Climate Change, 
come ahead of the Prime Minister's meeting with US President Joe Biden next week and the United Nations Climate Summit in late October. Pastor at the Bayside Church in Melbourne, Rob Buckingham, says the government's soft target of net zero by 2050 is not enough and is calling for stronger emissions targets by 2030. Much of the world's population today is seriously impacted by the effects of climate change. It's up to all of us, whether we have faith or not, uh, to treat others as we'd like to be treated, to love other people and to do something seriously now to make sure that the climate catastrophe is averted. Zoos Victoria will close its 30-year breeding program of the Eastern Barred Bandicoot after its success in saving the population. Faye O'Toole has the story. For the first time ever in Australia, a species has been brought back from the brink of extinction and released into the wild. Recovery of the Eastern Barred Bandicoot started in 1988 when the last remaining population was discovered at a rubbish tip in Hamilton. 150 bandicoots in the wild has grown to 1,500 and the nocturnal marsupial is now thriving on Philip, Churchill and French islands. Threatened species biologist Dr Amy Coetzee says the breeding program's success has been phenomenal. Faye O'Toole, City Journal News. And to sport now, I'm Emil Pavlich. Richmond has announced that Captain Trent Cochran will step down from the role in 2022. The AFL says that there will be no grand final parade this year in Perth. However, fans will be given the chance to view a pre-match training session. Cristiano Ronaldo's return Champions League game for Manchester United, ended in a shock defeat. Swiss team Young Boys beat Man U 2-1. And Wallabies match winner Quade Cooper is set to become an Australian citizen after the government tweaked the rules for visa holders. Now to weather. Mostly sunny for the rest of the day and a top of 16 degrees. It'll be partly cloudy tomorrow after another cool night. A chance of morning fog in the hills and a top of 18. This has been City Journal Midday News for Triple R with Emil Pavlich. Sam Matthews and Natasha Relios.